Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. All right, all right, all right. Welcome back. It's Fit Nation. In our Friday episode this week, we have a motivator. He has interviewed many of the great mentors that are out in the world on his podcast, bringing their motivation to the show. Scott Miller is the author of the award-winning multi-volume series, Mess of Success, including Management Mess to Leadership Success, 30 Challenges to Becoming a Leader, you would follow and the following marketing mess to brand success in May of 2021 and job mess to career success in January 22. So coming soon, he's the co-author of the wall street journal bestseller. Everyone deserves a great manager, the six critical practices for leading a team and the author of master mentors, 30 transformative insights from our greatest minds, which just came out this year in September. So without further ado, Let's get Scott Jeffrey Miller, author, Master Mentors, on here. All right, let's welcome in uh, Scott Miller, author, mentor, uh, recovering businessman. How are you? Rich, I'm great. Thanks for inviting me today. Thank you for the platform. Uh, no problem. Was, uh, I got the offer to have you on. I said I got to jump on this offer and get someone with a, a great book on mentors and a great outlook on life on here. Well, I appreciate it. Thanks, man. So why don't you go ahead and uh, introduce yourself to the audience, uh, go back as far as you want in your, in your career and bring us up to where we are now. Sure. Well, so I'm Scott Miller. I live in Salt Lake City, Utah with my wife, Stephanie, and our three young sons. Uh, I'm from Florida, originally Orlando, Florida, worked for the Walt Disney Company for four years and then um, they invited me to leave, which is a whole story there. And so, you know, what does a single Catholic boy from Orlando do? He moves to Provo, Utah, Rich, where all the Catholics were. I'm kidding. There wasn't a single Catholic in Utah like 20 years ago, right? And so I was privileged to join the Franklin Covey Company 25 years ago, of course, founded by the famous author, Dr. Stephen R. Covey, who wrote the book, the Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. This is one of the most influential business books of our generation. I, in 25 years with the firm, I became the chief marketing officer, and I now host the world's largest weekly leadership podcast. I write a column for Inc. Magazine. I've written a variety of books, including the one today we'll talk about master mentors. I retired from the firm last November, a year ago. I still am an advisor and consultant, but I wanted to go do some things on my own, speak and write, and things that I couldn't do as an officer in a public company, raising three boys in a wild world <laughs> uh, with my wife, Stephanie, trying to turn them into gentlemen, which is a tough time, tough, tough thing to do in 20, you know, 21 and honored to be here today. Awesome. Man. Well, anything's tough in 2021 and 2020 is a, 
like the longest case of Jumanji you ever see for two years. It's a four to a 28 level, 24 levels of Jumanji instead of the usual 12. So, well so uh, your book, I mean, uh, I, I enjoyed it. Uh, General McChrystal's in there, one of my favorite leaders in the military from when I was in. Um, I follow him on LinkedIn. I've been following him ever since he uh, got out. Uh, I was still in. And then reading this, I was like, we're all right back to me. How was your, your interaction with uh, General McChrystal? Oh, I'm a raving fan. I've interviewed him multiple times. We've become friends. I think like you, I think he's an American hero. I think he's an icon. You know, of course, fired by President Obama for comments that were made by he and his um, team to Esquire. But he's gone on to a very remarkable consulting career and speaking career. His interview, he's a gentleman. I wish he'd run for president. I'd vote for him. Hell, I'd work for him. <laughs> uh, he told me he told me off camera that his wife thinks he'd be a better president than he'd be a better candidate because he says what's on his mind. Oh, yeah. That doesn't get you elected president, although it did recently. So I don't know if I agree yeah. with him. So anyway, yeah, he is a man, I think, of impeccable character. He's a true patriot. He says He says something that I'll never forget. He says, you know, as a leader, you tend to only get credit for the things you solve. You don't get credit for the things you pre- pre- prevent. And you know, a whole career of, in the military of preventing major catastrophes, right? And you only get judged by the things that people see. You don't get judged by the things that people don't see. So as a leader, you have to have a really high level of you know, self-confidence and not always be um, in search of the spotlight because you're only going to get praised or crucified for the things that people see, you don't get any credit for the thousands of catastrophes you prevented, as you know that from being a member of our armed services. So that 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 has sat on me heavily, actually. And that's that's very true. Uh, I was uh, once taught by a leader of mine: you have thirty seconds to make your fame or be be infamous. Yeah. yeah so when we were about to go to Kandahar, Afghanistan. He said, "A lot of you think you're going to be heroes and get medals, but you only have thirty seconds to make a difference there." And as soon as I landed, I had that thirty seconds. So it was. It was amazing. Rich, you served in the army? Yes. How many years, sir? 22. Wow. You went to Afghanistan? Yes. Hey, thank you for your service. Thank you for your bravery. Thank you for protecting democracy. Thank you for helping people that you'll never meet again. And I want to tell you, I I really honor you. Thank you, sir. No problem. I appreciate it. And that's why I started started this podcast. It kind of gets stories of veterans out there. And then also bring people like you in that would motivate them to do better things as they get out of the military, as they take their boots off and they don't know what to do with themselves. They don't know what to do with their hands anymore once they take their boots off. What do I do? How do I do it? And like your book says, all these mentors and all the tidbits of knowledge that they tell you, and then you were able to put in the book. What was other some other parts of the book that resonated with you that said, I, I have to put this in here? You know, so the book I wrote is called Master Mentors. I highlight 30 people that were on my podcast. I've interviewed hundreds, but I picked 30 that I thought would be interesting and resonate because in many ways, they're all mentors to me. The first one is a man named Nick Vujicic. He's Australian, Nick by birth, rich by birth, and he's uh, American. He lives in Texas, Dallas, Texas. And Nick Vujicic has no arms and no legs. He was born with just a head and a neck and a torso and a waist and a kind of small-like odd foot kind of thing that he texts with, but that's it. Nick cannot drink a glass of water. He can't eat. He can't scratch his head. He can't dress himself. He can't save himself from a burning building. And he's become a very dear friend of mine. And he's really taught me the power of being grateful for what you have. 
and for wanting what you have and for being grateful for what you don't have because it builds, you know, a level of resilience and character in us. And he really taught me this concept, Rich, of living our lives through the lens, not of I have to or I ought to, but that I get to. I get to take the garbage out at midnight tonight. I get to unload 12 boxes from Costco up four flights to my apartment. I get to get a booster shot. I get to vote. I, you know, you can name, I get to terminate someone, not out of joy, but out of the difficult conversation that will perhaps send them on their way to a job that better fulfills them. And Nick has, in my 50s, taught me really what it means to be grateful and to live every decision, not through I have to or I ought to, but I get to. I get to stop and put $8 of gas in my car. Not 18, but even eight. And I think when you begin to live your life through that, granted, I've had some privileges others haven't, it transforms your sense of gratitude and gives you perspective every moment of the day. And as soon as I got the package from you, my wife, she's a, a social studies teacher, history teacher here. She's seen him and she's, I know him. I bring, I, I bring him up to my class all the time to yeah. show him about gratitude and stuff. So I said, well, it's, immediately she had that I'm and she took the coffee mug. That's awesome. That's awesome. <laughs> did, did, did the mug have Nick on the, on the, on the coffee mug? Yeah, he was right on there. That's awesome. I'm delighted. I'm delighted. That's outstanding. You know something I'm doing finally. Yes, yes. Because usually she sits on her world, I'm over here, and then we just talk about other things in the middle. Well, she must have been impressed with you, right? I mean, yeah. Uh, I guess a little bit. <laughs> I have some good points for a little bit. Yeah, exactly. I'll mess it up somehow. I, uh, I will too, sir. Don't worry. <laughs> so your 25-year career working in business, I, I know some of your bio said just a management mess to marketing uh, masterpiece. Or How did you yeah. make that transition? Yeah, so... You know, I was a chief marketing officer of this company, Franklin Covey, for 25 years, a large leadership development firm. And, and Rich, I spent most of my career behind the scenes as sort of the producer or director, making other people famous, other authors famous. And I gave a few speeches and there were a couple of claps. And I thought, you know what, maybe I can do that. Maybe I can be the actor, so to speak. So I decided to start writing blogs on LinkedIn. And they were pretty pitiful the first couple of dozen, and they got better and better and better. And I'd spent most of my career writing corporate communications, press releases and columns and, you know, investor decks, things like that. And so I became more and more comfortable. I started writing a column for Inc. Magazine. Then I began to write some books. Those are the books behind me in blue and green. This is Management Mess to Leadership Success. And this is Marketing Mess to Brand Success. So I started writing books that talked about how messy leadership is. It's not easy for everybody, right? It's tough. Not everybody should be a leader of people. You know that. Yes. <laughs> Two steps forward, three steps back. But no one was saying that. Everyone talks about how everyone should be a leader and how leaders are so important. And you know what? Should you be an anesthesiologist, Rich? <laughs> Me? No way. <laughs> should you, Rich, should you be a federal judge? There's no way. <laughs> should you be a commercial airline pilot? Not if everyone wants to live on the plane. <laughs> That's my point. And not everyone should be a leader of people, but we promote people because they're the top salesperson to be the sales leader or they're the, you know, the most efficient dental hygienist to manage the office, right? We tend to promote people for the wrong reasons. The skills that make you a great salesperson often are inversely correlated to what makes you a great sales leader. 
So generally, leadership is very messy because most people shouldn't be leaders of people. So I wrote these fairly funny books around all the mistakes I'd made as a leader and 30 messes I created and 30 marketing messes that I found myself in. Because I think when you're willing to own your mess, you make it safe for others to own theirs because it's easier and it's oftentimes more instructed to teach through your mistakes. Like, Rich, I can't, I don't have your talent. I don't have your military background. I don't have your surveillance knowledge. I don't know your intelligence capability. I can't replicate what you can do. But what I can do is learn from your mistakes. You made a few, Rich? Oh, oh yeah. Uh, when you open, right. When you open the kimono, <laughs> kimono, I can say, oh, got it. You were tempted to do this and you did it and that made a mistake. I'm going to walk around that pothole, so to speak. So I'm a really big advocate of talking freely about your mistakes. Everybody gather around. Let me tell you the reason why I got fired here or why I lost $1,000 there or why my marriage ended or why my house went into repossession. Whatever it is, not like a confessional, but talk about mistakes you made in a genuine way so people can say, you know what? I may not be able to replicate your intellect or your personality or your charisma or your wealth or your Ivy League education, but I can learn from all your mistakes. And that's like three quarters of the battle, quite frankly, is just preventing yourself from screwing up. The rest is a cakewalk. The rest is timing, who you know, <laughs> right? That kind of thing. Yeah, that's definitely true. And uh, I'm actually uh, in the, the final editing of a, a book I'm putting out, 13 Step Guide to Success. And in there, I actually put out what my mistakes in you know vague terms uh, that I was not a really good person in my 20s. I was, I was horrible. And I had to re reflect on myself to realize that to become a better leader as I grew older in the military, especially because so I was just a hard-headed knucklehead from the city who had to do things my way or no way. And then I realized there's other people that know stuff. And you got to use those people around you to make you better. And that's yeah. why I grew as a leader. Which is kind of the essence of having a mentor, right? And I think a lot of people think having a mentor means it has to be a, the mayor or it has to be a, right. a millionaire or it has to be, be, no. I have a lot of mentors that don't know I'm alive. Right. I've okay. either read their books or I've seen them on stage or watched them on TV and I've learned from their lessons. Mentorship is where someone is wiser than you. They've made the mistakes that you hopefully won't have to make. They also can share with you their successes. But a mentor is someone that you can learn from and adapt their wisdom to your path, what you're trying to get done. So I'll be the first in line to buy your book. Outstanding. Thank you. <laughs> you got one sold right here, brother. Yes. <laughs> if I get my wife and daughter to buy one. <laughs> $3 coming your way. $1.50. That'd be great. Everyone get a gift on Oprah. <laughs> so of your the people that you've been able to give advice to, how many do you believe took your advice and became better? And some just said, no, nah, that guy doesn't know what he's doing like that. Gosh, you know, this may seem arrogant, but I think the vast majority, because I'm really careful when I'm mentoring someone. I'm, I, I'm really deliberate not to try to turn them in to a mini-me version, right? A miniature version of Scott or the next Scott. I try not to say, well, I would do it this way. I do my best to understand what are you trying to accomplish? What are you trying to get done? What are your strengths, your fears, your passions, your weaknesses? What are you excited about? Bagel shop? Never opened one. Florist? Never done it. Pivoting from the military to 
a corporate career, never done it. So I think my advice comes into terms of really asking big questions, right? So what are you struggling with? What are you trying to accomplish? What does that look like to you? What obstacles are you experiencing? And then I take the wisdom, the lessons learned from my journey as a dad, as a spouse, as an officer in a public company, as an entrepreneur, as a speaker, as a you name it. And then I will try to give insights that make sense to them. I really try to make sure that I'm asking big questions. So if you did this, what would happen? If you did that, what would happen? If you took this approach, sounds like you've been facing this challenge a couple of different times. Let's talk about your self-awareness. How can you get out of that situation, right? So maybe there's some crossover to coaching and even, you know, counseling of which I'm not an expert on either. Right. But I've made enough mistakes in my 53 years to where I do my best to give wisdom to them that they can apply into their life and not have them replicate my, well, if I would do this, yeah, but I might have a bigger nest egg in the bank, or I might have a different degree than they do, or I might have, you know, different friends or access. So I try to make sure that my mentoring makes sense in their world with their skills, with their fears. I think as a result, Rich, I got a pretty good hit rate of people going out and doing it. That's outstanding. And that's a good thing to know. To, the way you just put that is the way I try to approach as well. I don't want them to be me. I want When I had soldiers, I want them to be better than me. Yeah. I'm making you to be the next leader. I'm, I'm going to be done at some point. When I, when I raised my right hand to join, I knew there was an end point. At some point, I was leaving. I was leaving the Army at some point. I had to, no matter if it was my choice or their choice. So you have to step up and be a leader. It, you do it your way, but learn these lessons I learned so you don't make them same mistakes. Don't step on the same landmines as you go forward. Yeah. And then when I got out, my first two years of working in the civilian world was mentoring veterans as they transitioned out. And I did the same approach. What do you, what's your why? Yeah. Find your why, and then we can identify ways you can try to maneuver into that. And that, that learning their stories, how they did it, because I didn't know many of them before they got into the program. And we're still friends, most of us, after I left there. I've been there gone three years now. But I learned so much from them. Now I'm learning so much from my podcast from other people. It's amazing. Yeah, I'll bet. I'll bet. Yeah. Thanks again for your service, even after your service. It yeah. sounds like that's been really valuable. Yeah, no problem. I have fun doing it. <laughs> and it's uh, things I learned from uh, my dad was in the military. And he's, I always say he's my biggest mentor, my biggest idol. Because our dads teach us things without us even knowing it. So true. As we're little, yeah. we have whatever, Dad. Whatever you say, all right, we got it. Uh, just don't hit me with the belt. Don't take the belt off that quick this time. I'm going to get away. Or Wait, were we raised in the same house? Yeah. We were raised in the same house. <laughs> when you said you were Catholic, I so said we got a lot in, a lot in common. <laughs> my father was known for suspending me by my neck above the ground. You said what to your mother? What did you say to your <laughs> yeah, Mom would be home first, and she'd get angry. Dad come home, and the belt would be off without us even knowing it. It's so true. Please don't tell dad. <laughs> we won't ever do it again. And don't don't tell the nuns at school because they'll hit us too. You so. know what? The good old days, right? Where we were raised to be gentlemen. Yes. Yeah, you learned the hard way, but you got it. You got them lessons. Those lessons were taught. Well and said. Then, well said. As I went through life, like you said, some people, you'll, they never knew you existed. General Powell was one of my biggest idols, biggest mentors in the military. I followed all his career. I tried to get him to come on before he passed, but of course we lost him. Great guy. It would have been great to talk to live, but I, I, I always wrote down what he said and I, I copied his rules for life. And I said, this is what we got to do in life, do it by rules. 
Rich, has McChrystal come on your podcast? No, I'd love to have him on. You know what? You send me an email after this phone call and I'll make an introduction. Outstanding. Awesome. Thank you. Got you. It. you got it, my friend. I'm sure he would be honored to do it. And that, that'd be a great conversation. I'd stand in attention, but be all right. You know what? Um, I'm getting chills. If I can make that connection for you, consider it done. Check. Check. I'm right now. Right. <laughs> got it. You got it. So I, in your marketing world, like me, I've, I've gone through in one year, probably three different logos, a ton of equipment trying to get this thing going. What would you tell a nug like myself coming out, yeah. how to market myself and build that brand? Yeah, I would say focus less on logos and focus less on equipment. And this is more for, as much for your listeners as for you, right? Yeah. I'm, not, I'm not picking on you. Is I think this mistake that most entrepreneurs, most solopreneurs, people who are trying to launch a business, is they don't know who their customer is. They're trying to boil the ocean, right? They, they, they follow this MBA advice of what's called your total addressable market, who's everybody who can read my book, everybody that can come to my podcast, everyone to come to my restaurant or my bait and tackle shop or whatever it is. I think it's counterintuitive, but focus on your smallest viable market. Who's my first customer? Like, what is his name? And what does he look like? And what is his passion? What is his circumstance? Like, really, what circumstance is he in? What is he looking? What's the job to be done? Why would he hire me? Why would he subscribe to my podcast? Why would he want my consulting business? You know, the best marketers can tell you who their first customer is. Literally or metaphorically, a lot of people will name their customer. My customer is Jennifer. She's a 36-year-old stay-at-home mom with two kids as a side hustle doing this, that, and the other. And, you know, she may or may not have a college degree and she shops at this and that and, you know, and they make up a persona and they actually call their customer Jennifer. This is, a, you know, this like, a, you know, a fake name. And so I think it's underestimated the value of getting very clear on what is the circumstance of your customer. Who do you want to listen to your podcast? Are they, you know, just coming out of the military? Are they thinking of coming out in the next year? Have they been out for two months and they're finding the transition tough? I'm making this up, but you get the point, right? Are they, are they transitioning into a corporate world or they're trying to open up their own business? You can't be all things to all people. And most people want to have success overnight. And there's no such thing as that. You know that, right? There's overnight fame. That's usually ill-gotten or fleeting. What is common to all of my podcast guests, whether it's Matthew McConaughey or General McChrystal or Doris Kearns Goodwin or Seth Godin or Dan Pink or Liz Wiseman or you name it, Will Smith. These people toiled for decades. You never heard about them, right? It was their sixth book that made it big. It was their 10th you know, movie you heard about. Or it was you know, their, the, the 100th episode of their small town radio program that you know, went big. They toiled for years with a blog, you know, two subscribers, 12 subscribers, 100 subscribers, 1,200. And then 15 years later, they had, you know, 13,000 people on their mailing list and their product went, you know, viral. So you got to get very clear on who your market is and then message to them in terms that they understand. You know, the, the great marketing mind, Donald Miller, he lives outside of Nashville. He wrote a very famous book called yes. Building a Story Brand. Best marketing mind in the nation next to Seth Godin. He says, most people's messaging is like a cat chasing a rat and a wind chime factory. 
It's so hard to understand. There's so many messages and so many taglines and colors. And like, are you an Italian restaurant? No, I'm a painting company. You're a painting company? You paint houses? Yeah. Then why does your website look like an Italian restaurant? Well, my dad was from Italy. Like, I don't care where your dad was from. <laughs> what do you paint? Your website needs to say, we paint houses with a picture of a house in Tennessee, not a villa in Italy. And so I think we try to get too fancy and use words. If someone can't tell what you do in like two seconds, too much. So two things, simplify everything and get really clear on your smallest viable market. Who is your first customer? What is their circumstance? And then start building that one person at a time. Outstanding. That's good advice. And uh, I've learned that over this year to be simple, keep it simple, stupid, uh, the yeah. KISS method. That's yeah. something I tried. I used to do all the time military, but I didn't do it with this when I first started. I didn't want overnight success. I knew I wouldn't be Joe Rogan, my first my first record, because he, he has all that. And I, I was just happy to have one person listen the first time. I was like, that's great. And then it was 10, then this, and that. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Now, yeah, it's going pretty well now, and hopefully it keeps the climb. And at least if one person listens and gets something out of it, that means I'm a success. That Wait till the crystal comes on. It's going to explode, bro. It's going to go nuts. <laughs> it's going to go nuts. I'll have to have hats and stuff made. It'd be great. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. He'd love it. <laughs> he keeps asking me to call him Stan. Like, I can't do that. It's like, well, you will if I ask you. No, I can't. My father will come and he's, my father's 95 or 80, 85. He'll suspend <laughs> me. I, I'm not going to call you Stan, General McChrystal. <laughs> I have no military background in my family. My father, I guess, served in the National Guard, but I'm not a military family, but I have enormous reverence for every member of the service and their families as well in the incalculable sacrifice they make for us. So um, I will always be calling him General McChrystal. That's why I keep referring to him. I never call him Stanley McChrystal because I feel that's weird. <laughs> yeah. General Sir. <laughs> yes, exactly. I, I, I slipped up a couple of times and said Sir, but I couldn't make it as far as the word Stan or Stanley. And we're actually fairly good friends. <laughs> that's outstanding. <laughs> So what advice would you give someone that wants to get into marketing to do? Should they go to school route or go on the job training? What's the best way to learn marketing? Yeah. Um, get in sales first. Have a sales career. Own a number. Own a revenue goal. Know what it's like to meet with customers and have the pressure of missing your quarterly goal, right? Or having a quota. you got to sell X number of copiers this week or X number of carpets. Get into sales first because the best marketers understand that their job is to actually sell. And if you don't like sales, then you'll never make it in marketing because there's too many marketers that are hiding in marketing because they don't want to be in sales. So I would absolutely say get into sales and know what it's like because then you'll make sure that all of your marketing strategies and products and investments are there not to satisfy your creative outlet, but to drive revenue. The only reason marketing exists is to drive revenue, is to solve a customer's problem, is to build profit. So I'd say first get on the marketing, get on the sales side and then move into marketing. That's, that's a solid advice right there. That way you know what you're actually trying to do at that point. That's a really good, a solid advice. If someone wants to get you to come on their show or just chat with you, what's a good way to get in contact with you? Well, so you, you can find me on all the social platforms, LinkedIn, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. You can visit my website, scottjeffreymiller.com. Uh, that's probably the best way. That's the best way. And then just message it from there. Yeah. Yep. 
And why don't you hold up your book so they can see it? Oh yeah, thank you. So the book is this book is called Master Mentors: Thirty Transformative Insights from Our Greatest Minds. And and you will enjoy it if you buy this. Uh, it's it's everywhere you can get books. You can get that. I'm sure, right? It's everywhere. Amazon, Barnes and Noble, Books a Million, every website. All my books are on. And I'm writing Master Mentors Volume Two coming out in 2022 with 30 new guests on my way to 10 volumes in the series. Outstanding. Scott, this has been a great conversation. Thanks for taking some of your time to be on the Misfit Nation. Rich, I'm honored, man. Look forward to reviewing the episode with you and General Stanley McChrystal. Outstanding. Awesome. I'll get you set up. Thank you. That was a great chat with Scott. He brought a lot of energy and a lot of knowledge and, of course, expertise on mentoring and being a great person to the show. Be sure to check out his book, Master Mentors, and visit his website, which is in the show notes. You can also watch this one on our YouTube channel, The Underscore Misfit Nation, and subscribe so you get our latest episodes. So you know how we do this. Thanks for taking some of your time to spend with us on Misfit Nation. Be sure to hit that subscribe button and share the link as much as possible. If you want to, please become a supporter. Help us carry this thing on. You can become a supporter on our website or through the Anchor app itself. We appreciate you. If you have someone that would bring that energy to the show, has an awesome story, has something coming out, a book, an album, a record, if they're a veteran and wants to get their story out to the world, have them visit our website, themisfitnation.com. And we'll get back to them within one day once they message us. As always, till next time, be humble, stay hungry, and keep hustling. Because we are Fit Nation.